Daniel Francis Baranowski, and welcome to the Frankly Daniel Show on the America Out Loud Radio Network. Today's show is entitled, Mama Said There'll Be Webs Like This, Webs and Lies Like This, Mama Said. Yes, I'm going to talk about the whoppers Democrats and the mainstream media continue to bombard us with every hour of every day, and how they're tied to luring voters into pulling that voting lever for those darn progressives. But before launching into Mama's wisdom about webs and lies, I wish to tip my hat today to the America Out Loud radio network, who's celebrating its fifth anniversary. America Out Loud offers a wide and deep family of learned commentators, media analysts, constitutional and law enforcement experts, medical and physical science scholars, and a bevy of deep thinkers on a wide variety of topics. America Out Loud has also just launched an entirely new website that's simply awesome. I encourage you to check it out. Just type America Out Loud into your browser and you'll be there in a flash. If you're into conservative talk radio, this is the place to be. There's nowhere else you'd rather be if you're a conservative and you want to hear what conservatives have to say about what's really going on in this country. As I mentioned, today's topic is Mama said there'll be webs like this, webs and lies like this, Mama said. Have you ever found yourself caught in a web of lies and disgusting deceit? (laughs) Most of the webs we personally fall into are rather limited by time and the number of co-workers, friends, or family. But our political webs of manipulation and cunning subterfuge have grown remarkably sophisticated and vicious over the past decade. Hello, (laughs) welcome to politics in 2021. For me, the most noticeable deceptive collusion is between our hyper-liberal mainstream media and Democrats. Like you, I first noticed their message collusion when Democrats and mainstream media used the same pre-agreed-upon buzzwords and phrases when discussing any topic such as Illegal aliens, they say non-citizens. Instead of reforming police, they are reimagining police. Instead of death tax, which I think it is, they call it an estate tax. Global warming is out and climate change is in. I think of it as gun control. They think of it as gun safety. And we have positive discrimination instead of affirmative action. We're bombarded with racial equity and equality. What a confusing set of terms. Social and environmental justice. And how could we forget white supremacy and systemic racism? And so on. You can tell these words and phrases have been focus group tested. The communication firms they hire arrive at a word or set of phrases that somehow resonate with a voter audience. And then Democratic leaders, or I should say, sorry, Democrat leaders, send a notice to all other Democrats and the mainstream media that these words and phrases must be used with all communications when discussing selective topics of the day. In other words, Democrats do an exceptionally good job ensuring that every party member and all media alliance members 
use the same influence language. It's easy to follow this word and phrase game. Just tune into multiple different television or radio stations throughout the day and pick out the words that are in common when Democrats talk and cable news networks like CNN and MSNBC are talking about the same subject. Certain words and phrases pop up and out, just like food allergy hives. Of course, it's an oxymoron to say CNN and MSNBC are cable news networks, <laughs> but that's, that's a topic for a different show. So today, I'm going to talk about those webs Mama warned us about and the honeyed lies that draw us into these emotionally triggered webs of voting obligations. The, the psychological concept of reciprocity, which in this case is returning a voting favor in exchange for a given gift. That, that concept is well established. So let's review what Democrats are up to. I know it's a tall order, but we'll try to get through it in the time that we have. Perhaps I first should explain what I mean by buying and stealing votes. Votes are political currency. If you have the votes, you have the political power. The more political power you have, the more things you control. Imagine if Democrats had 80 senators and 400 representatives in the House. Now couple that with the presidency, and let's say eight out of nine Supreme Court justices are extreme liberals. Of course, this is an exaggeration for the sake of emphasis, and we have to guard against this kind of thing from ever happening. The Democrats' congressional majority is currently marginal. Their majority is just about as close and marginal as it can get. The point isn't lost on the Democrats. They're working overtime to widen their very thin lead in 2022. Our only hope is that far-out radical lefties become impatient with the Democratic leadership and start a radical fire that the Democratic leadership can't hide or extinguish. A good example, I have one for you. A good example is President Biden's announced 36-member commission to study the composition and organization of our Supreme Court. The commission is supposed to report back to Joe up to the president in 180 days. Despite the fact that 29 of the 36 members on this commission are bona fide liberals, I mean liberal liberals, Congressional Democrat hotheads went ahead and unveiled a bill to pack the Supreme Court. Unbelievable! Yep, that they have red ants in their radical pants and they insist on expanding the number of justices from 9 to 13. What a nice round number. From 9 to 13. They demand that the four new vacancies th this law would create are to be filled immediately by President Biden and the Democrat-controlled Senate. Now, I don't know how they're going to do that. I'm pretty sure you're going to need 60 votes on this one, and I don't think anyone's going to do away with the filibuster just to accommodate packing the Supreme Court. Of all things, the House's Judiciary Committee chair, good old Jerry Nadler, I don't know how this guy keeps getting elected. He's pushing this in the House. Of, of, of all places for this to come from, the Judiciary Committee chair. Shake my head. Well, uh, Mr. Radical Green New Deal, Ed Markey of Massachusetts, 
He's the guy pushing it in the Senate. All this in less than a week after Biden announced this blue, blue ribbon commission. I guess their report's going to have very little relevance. This power play should incense, I think, and outrage the public. I, I, I'd be outraged, but I think it's just too hilarious. We've got to watch this one closely, nevertheless. Why would the House and the Senate Democrats pull this, this stunt on their, on their president? The more these radicals act out, the harder it's going to be for Democrats to weave their web of lies. There's another stunt they've just pulled on good old Uncle Joe. With time, I'll tell you, I'll tell you all about it. So back to Webb's Lies and Liars. Allow me to share my analysis of the Democrats' overall game plan to harness, consolidate, and perpetuate their power over all of us, over all Americans. A bit later, I'll highlight how Democrats' proposed bill to forgive, yes, to forgive all student loan debt, is both a crisis and a raw-knuckled power play to endear 45 million students with student loan debts to reward Democrats with future votes. That's a lot of people with student loan debts. This topic will either send your blood pressure into the stratosphere or it's going to make you hyper-euphoric, that is, if you're heavily in student loan debt. Have no doubt, Democrats aren't tinkering around the edges of our Constitution. Yeah, they're out to implode our governmental architecture and rebuild it back, supposedly better, but most certainly in their own socialist image. This isn't conservative rhetoric that I'm saying. There's a massive transfer of wealth going on right now under marginal Democratic rule. If the Democrats make substantial gains in the 2022 election, we may want to think about chartering a boat to Australia. I'm going to look up those immigration laws. When I think about the last four years, it occurs to me that Trump crafted his Make America Great Again plan using the art of the deal. By contrast, the Biden and Democrats are building back better through the art of the steel. If Democrats and the mainstream media are doing all these surreptitious things, then the first question that comes to mind is, how are they doing this? Again, generally speaking, they do it through carefully crafted lies, executive orders, and legislative and judicial initiatives. When Democrats can't buy future votes through executive orders, legislation, or through activist judges on the federal courts, they tilt some other aspect of election of the election process, so they always end up winning at the ballot box. Okay, you say, give me an example. Well, how about the giant lie aimed at discrediting the Georgia's new election integrity law? Democrats are working overtime to discredit the Georgia law in favor of their proposed federal takeover of all election rules and regulations. Yep, House Resolution 1, the For the People Act, is their solution to alleged voter suppression. The law requires no identification or proof that you're a citizen or even that you're a resident of the precinct you're voting in. If passed and signed into law, 
It will strip states of their constitutionally articulated right to conduct all elections according to their own state constitutions. The alleged opposition to the new Georgia election integrity law rests in the lie that the law inflicts voter suppression on African Americans because the law requires proof that you are who you say you are. Boy, what a burden, huh? Apparently only African Americans are incapable of obtaining an identification card. Go figure that one. This assumption is a terrible slander on all people of color and on those of us who remain colorless. Heck, I have to show my driver's license to buy Sudafed at Costco. This simple decongestant isn't even a prescription drug. So how do people of color in Georgia obtain prescribed medications without an ID? Uh, Democrats quickly retort, they don't. They're too poor to pay for prescription drugs. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's impossible discussing any issue with the left. Anyway, the president disparagingly calls the Georgia law Jim Crow 2.0. Jim Crow on steroids. This, despite the bar to obtain and show ID, is so ridiculously low. I mean, low, really low. To reinforce this flat-out lie, Black Lives Matter and operatives like Stacey Abrams in Georgia are bullying corporations to publicly sign on to this lie by denouncing the Georgia election integrity law as, you guessed it, racist. Yes, I said bullying. How would you like to have a Black Lives Matter demonstration? Could become a riot in front of your corporate offices. Or what if Black Lives Matter calls for a national boycott of your products? harasses your employees in the parking lots, parades through your restaurants during dining hours. All this has happened before. It may not be officially Black Lives Matter sponsored, but you'll never know the difference. Yes, this is extortion. The commissioner of Major League Baseball said Stacey Abrams was the last person he talked with before deciding to move the MLB All-Star game from Atlanta to Denver. Now, when Abrams saw this negative reaction to the loss of the All-Star game. She came out denying she encouraged corporations to boycott Georgia, or that she had anything to do with moving the MLB All-Star game out of Georgia. Oh, come on. She nor Black Lives Matter are without wokeism influence. They're using major league sports and corporations as a lie multiplier. A life force multiplier, if you will. Recently, 157 corporations took, took out an expensive two-page New York Times ad to list their corporate names as speaking out against the Georgia election law. Their ad is entitled, We Stand for Democracy, a Government of the People, by the People. In the same edition, the New York Times wrote its own article calling out and shaming corporations that haven't supported the outcry against the Georgia law. The article appeared in the April 14th edition of the New York Times and is entitled, The CEOs Who Didn't Sign a Big Defense of Voting Rights. Hundreds of leaders and companies signed a letter opposing strict voting limits. These people did not. Hello, read the law, folks. There's nothing Jim Crow about it. The truth is that corporations are scared that Black Lives Matter and the Stacey Abrams of the country 
will instigate a riot-like boycott of their businesses. So they go along to get along with this lie. Corporations are being called out to take sides. And duplicity abounds. Major League Baseball moves its all-star game to Colorado. This state has stricter voting laws than Georgia and still requires proof of ID. Movie star Will Smith moves his film company out of Atlanta to Louisiana that has Georgia-like voting laws only stricter. And Biden is still peddling this ugly lie. Biden recently reasserted his Jim Crow lie before an Al Sharpton audience of all people. Here's the short clip. Parts of our country are backsliding to the days of Jim Crow, passing laws that harken back to the era of poll taxes, when black people were made to guess how many beans, how many jelly beans in a jar, or count the number of bubbles in a bar of soap before they could cast their ballot. I can assure you there are no jelly bean jars or jelly bean counts, nor any soap bubble exercises in the new Georgia law. Hey, Mr. President, read the law, will you? Or have someone from outside your handlers read it to you. Hey, I, I thought Jill has a doctorate in education. Have her hold a Zoom lesson for you, okay? Well, moving along, now you ask, do you have other examples of how Democrats are scheming to buy votes or steal them? Yes, I do. In short, let's cover s the use of some of these. Student loan forgiveness, immigration, the COVID pandemic, federal election laws, Supreme Court packing, minimum wage laws, citizenship laws, gun safety laws, federal money for unions and unionizations. Can you believe it? These are just to mention a few. So, how does all of this work? First rule, use an executive order when you can't pass vote-buying legislation. Immigration fits nicely into this category. You need to know four things to do for border, to do border security correctly. These are infrastructure, surveillance abilities, personnel for interdictions, and laws to empower the system to maintain border, border integrity. Now, Biden began his presidency by crippling all of these necessary items. He stopped building the wall, thus leaving gaping holes for migrants and smugglers to drive, just drive right into America. By doing this, Biden degraded the securities infrastructure. Biden tried to stop deportations with another executive order. Now, that one's still a court case. Another Biden executive order curtailed ICE arrests of illegal aliens, particularly certain criminal aliens, and degraded surveillance and interdiction components of internal national security. Still another Biden executive order ended President Trump's agreements with Mexico and the Central American Triangle countries. The end result? A flooded border with unaccompanied alien children, and brigades of migrants from 51 different countries. 172,000 in March alone. A historical record, and this doesn't even include approximately 76,000 aliens that Border Patrol knew about but was unable to interdict. In turn, these Biden moves pulled Border Patrol agents off of surveillance and criminal interdiction duties along several key parts of the border so they could process routine paperwork on literally 
hundreds of thousands of migrants filing false asylum claims. So now we ask, is there a limit? How many migrants are enough or are too many? Or are we going to see migrants streaming into America for the next four years? Biden proposes to follow his executive orders by offering a new amnesty and path to citizenship for undocumented or what Joe calls non-citizens. That's Joe's term for undocumented aliens. It's in the bill. They're called non-citizens. This proposed law is t entitled the U.S. Citizenship Act of 2021 and will award amnesty to at least 15 million future Democrat voters. American citizens will be paying both the financial and cultural unintended consequences of Biden's call for future Democrats to come to America for decades. What a bargain. Open the floodgates to new future Democrat voters and then have unwilling Americans pay for it. Now that's a tactical win with a ruthless twist. Don't you believe these migrants will vote Democrat, especially if Democrats get H.R. 1 passed into law, allowing them to vote as soon as 2022? Open Borders is a Democrat Party stratagem to gain votes by changing our national demography. Democrats are using the contrivance of humanitarianism to import future voters. Using this criteria, we could actually allow 4.5 billion people into the country. Tucker Carlson of Fox News famous come out and rightly claim that the Democrats' open border scam is nothing more than changing the demography of our voting electorate by diluting every current citizen's vote. I have a few clips highlighting his argument. Here's the first one. If, if look, if this was happening in your house, if you were in sixth grade, for example, and without telling you, your, kid, your parents adopted a bunch of new siblings and gave them brand new bikes and let them stay up later and help them with their homework and gave them twice the allowance that they gave you, you would say to your siblings, you know, I think we're being replaced by, by kids that our parents love more. And it'd be kind of hard to argue against you because look at the evidence. So right. this matters on a bunch of different levels, but on the most basic level, it's a voting rights question. In a democracy, one person equals one vote. If you change the population, you dilute the political power of the people who live there. So every time they import a new voter, I become disenfranchised as a mm. current voter. Well, it's uh, hard to argue with that uh, perspective. Tucker goes on to ask the next important question. I have less political power because they're importing a brand new electorate. Why should I sit back and take that? The power that I have yeah. as an American guaranteed at birth is one man, one vote, and they're diluting it. No, they're not allowed to do that. Why are we putting up with this? The one thing the Democrats really got stuck with, they thought when they opened the border, they were going to get largely family units coming. They had no idea that unaccompanied alien children are going to come in groves and in boatloads and in caravans and, and beyond any description. That's where they really got caught. They thought they were going to sell this theme that unlike the Trump administration, not only did they not separate children from families, but they welcomed families. Their real intention is exactly what Tucker is going to talk about next. 
Demographic change is the key to the Democratic Party's political ambition. Let's say that again for emphasis because it is the secret to the entire immigration debate. Demographic change is the key to the Democratic Party's political ambitions. In order to win and maintain power, Democrats plan to change the population of the country. I can't begin to tell you how much Tucker's entire argument resonates what I've been thinking about for the last six weeks. This next clip will really highlight exactly my, my same thoughts. Mass immigration increases the power of the Democratic Party, period. That's the reason Democrats support it. It's the only reason. If 200,000 immigrants from Poland showed up at our southern border tomorrow, Kamala Harris wouldn't promise them health care. Why? Simple. Poles tend to vote Republican. That's the difference. Democrats would deport those migrants immediately. No more hand-wringing about how we're a nation of immigrants. Hundreds of thousands of likely Republicans massing in Tijuana, that would qualify as a national crisis. We'd have a border wall by Wednesday. And instead of trying to stem this flow, Biden's solution and the whole administration's solution is to build more welcoming centers so they can process more people. I haven't got a clue who this helps. Why are we robbing these countries of their youth? What are we leaving behind in these countries? Their older population? Who's going to support these people? It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. For Democrats, the point of immigration is not to show compassion to refugees, much less to improve our country. It's definitely not about racial justice. Mass immigration hurts African-Americans maybe more than anyone else. Immigration is a means to electoral advantage. It is about power. More Democratic voters mean more power for Democratic politicians. That's the signature lesson of the state of California. It's been three weeks since Kamala was appointed the border czar. She hasn't been there. She's not even been close to the border. She's going to fly to Mexico and Guatemala sometime in the near future. What a bunch of malarkey this whole thing is. They're just downplaying the whole thing like it. This is costing American taxpayers gazillions of dollars. Nobody has any appreciation for just how much this is costing. We already have costs close to $160 billion a year in education, health care, food, housing, all kinds of things for these people that are coming across, especially these unaccompanied minors. Who's going to support them? Foster families? Well, foster, you're going to have to pay foster families to take these people in. This whole thing is entirely nuts, especially in a country where we're aborting close to 670,000 children every day. What's our problem? We can't wait for them to grow up and make their own political decisions? That we have to import people to get a, an early start on this whole process of voting? I think immigration is one of the most egregious things this administration is doing for power. And it's all about voting and it's all about power. That's what his Citizenship Act is about. That's what H.R. 1 is about. Just watch and see. We have got to end this soon or we're going to be in big trouble financially. We just cannot support an entire Central America moving to the United States. Well, before I get any more excited, why don't we just take a break? Don't go away. I'm right here. we got so much to cover on the back end. 
back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Now, never before in our history have we witnessed the level of hatred that is now being waged against our law enforcement. While anarchist groups create havoc and overwhelm our first responders, these same groups and their corporate supporters are calling for the police forces to be shrunk and defunded. What can you and I do to make a difference? How can we stand up for what is right and to show our support? That's what I'm going to tell you about this incredible new platform. It's called ShopToTheRight.com. And it's a new shopping platform that will help you find businesses that align with your values. They feature products made in America. They support veteran-owned businesses as well as our law enforcement community. This is a time when we need to stick together. We need to shop together and we need to support each other. It's time for you and I to make some noise and stand up to protect our country. And one easy way to do that is to shop and give our money to companies that don't seek to destroy our way of life. So join the fight for liberty. ShopToTheRight.com. Support those American businesses that support law enforcement, and veterans. AmericaOutloud.com is the alternative from the agenda-driven globalist. Here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. On-demand podcast or real-time talk radio with our streaming apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Greetings and hallucinations, and welcome back to the Frankly Daniel Show. Allow me to take another moment to tell you how happy I am to be here today. Anytime Joe Biden decides to make a public address, my wife, who also happens to be a neonatal pediatric registered nurse who is very much into child safety. She makes me strap on my lazy boy safety harness so that nothing Joe says in one of his lame and too often crazy speeches causes me to pop up and pop out of my lazy boy recliner while it's still in the full recline position. Now, trust me, popping up while the recliner is still in the full recliner position this, this is not one of the recommended yoga positions. Well, I'm glad to share with you that I was in harness the other day when Joe gave his speech on his new gun control executive order nightmare. 
Once again, it was a darn good thing I had my safety harness on. I was ready to hop and pop up just as soon as he said, Nothing I'm about to recommend in any way impinges on the Second Amendment. I, I knew right away, this is going to be a killer. Joe goes on to say, It's a phony argument to suggest that these Second Amendment rights at stake, these ones we're talking about, that no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. What do you mean, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute? At this point, I was straining to find the up lever on my chair. Joe went on to say, In the beginning, you could not own any weapon you wanted to. In the beginning, certain people were not allowed to have certain weapons. Well, here's the clip of what Joe said. Taking steps to confront not just the gun crisis, but what is actually a public health crisis. Nothing, nothing I'm about to recommend in any way impinges on the Second Amendment. They're phony arguments suggesting that these are Second Amendment rights at stake from what we're talking about. But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. You can't yell crowd, you can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater. We call a freedom of speech. From the very beginning, you couldn't own any weapon you wanted to own. From the very beginning, the Second Amendment existed. Certain people weren't allowed to have weapons. So the idea is just bizarre to suggest that some of the things we're recommending are contrary to the Constitution. Gun violence in this country is an epidemic. Let me say it again. Gun violence in this country is an epidemic, and it's an international embarrassment. Well, there, there you have it. What, what's Joe talking about? In the beginning, certain people were not allowed to have certain weapons. In the beginning? Heck, people throughout the 1800s, they owned guns as big as cannons. They actually owned cannons. What other firearms did you have in mind, Joe? And, and the certain people weren't allowed to have certain weapons? Who, who might those be, Joe? Women? Warring Indian tribes, British soldiers, how about maniacs and lunatics? I think if our gun laws would focus on maniacs and lunatics, we'd have far fewer shooting incidents for Democrats to capitalize on. Honestly, which of these murderers have you seen in recent times that wasn't deeply mentally disturbed? These people are disturbed individuals. Some of them are psychotic sociopaths. This is why we call violent shootings senseless crimes. We cite psychology, and then we quickly blame the guns. But what Joe just proposed in his executive order isn't about curbing gun violence. It's about influencing future votes. Again, I'm not being cynical. There's a substantial number of suburban folks, particularly women, who are very sympathetic toward major gun control. They've been led to believe and they've largely swallowed it, that, that the kind of gun legislation proposed by Democrats will save lives. Why do they believe this? Because the mainstream media is constantly selling, selling this by going anaphylactic every time there's a public shooting by someone who is obviously deeply mentally disturbed. The story is always, if these guns didn't exist, these events would never happen. Yet I've yet to see one of the stories where anybody's claiming that the shooter is in their right mind. These sensational stories are hardly a reason to expunge, to eliminate the Second Amendment, and, th and deny millions of gun owners 
their constitutional rights to bear arms for their own protection. It should be so simple just to collect all the guns. Then all the craziness would go away, right? Why not have the Tooth Fairy collected? Perhaps the Easter Bunny could exchange chocolate for a gun buyback program. After all, Joe and Jill had the Easter Bunny over to demonstrate good mask-wearing public hygiene. Yet mental health is one of the most underfunded, misunderstood, and confounding diseases in America today. Notice how the media is always referencing that Kamala is going to Central America to do a root cause analysis. Let's get to a root cause analysis of these senseless acts of violence and mental breakdowns. Do you really believe that people with violence in mind will stop because they don't have access to a ghost gun kit or a device that stabilizes a handgun? Yet that's what Joe's executive order is all about. Go back and look at it. In fact, it's really about influencing suburbanites. The Democrats are tackling gun control issues. Remember, I'm going over all the well-coordinated plans to buy, steal, and influence votes in 2022. Gun control is one such plan. Up next, how about examples of using legislation to buy votes? <laughs> I have scores of examples. Take, for instance, the COVID-19 American Rescue Plan Act of 2021. You recently received, if you're in a certain income category, $1,400 in a one-time payoff. For those 49% of us paying annual federal income taxes, we just got a refund of our own money. Nevertheless, the COVID-19 stimulus plan had something for every potential voter. You're unemployed? You can now collect an unusually generous unemployment check up until September of this year, thanks to the Democrats' stimulus plan. Many fast food restaurants and small stores can't find and hire workers. This despite 11 million Americans who are still out of work. I mean, I wonder if a flood of workers will become available come September. We'll see. Granted, in, in, in many locations, parents remain out of the workforce because they're home serving as teachers and, and Zoom administrators for their school-aged children. Uh, here's some good news. The stimulus package also paid parents $3,600 in cash for each dependent child in addition to the $1,400 each received as being a parent. So, a family member with four did quite well. And by the way, it's tax-free. If you've just finished preparing your income taxes, all the stimulus money is tax-free. I mean, hallelujah, at least there's no salt in the wound. But please check with your accountant or the IRS to be sure about the tax-free issue. You probably received the same IRS notice I received, declaring that this money was, in fact, tax-free. Remember, only 49% of Americans pay federal income tax each year. But everyone below a certain income level got a stimulus check, regardless of whether you paid in to the federal income tax kitty or not. This is just one example of our new federal socialism. By using the pandemic, they've taken wealth from taxpayers who work for a living and pay federal taxes and they've distributed this wealth to all regardless of anyone's contribution to the general fund. Now, now, the point isn't whether the stimulus package should or should not have been paid out. The point is that Democrats delivered a particularly ingratiating reason to vote for them in the next election. Of course I recognize COVID as a special circumstance. 
And there are those that are tr truly needy that needed this help. But uh, did this cost? Uh, uh, who's paying into the, the relief kitty? I mean, we're printing money without any backing other than the good faith that our children promised to pay it back. <laughs> By the way, have you told your child they're on the hook for this spending? Wait until you hear about the Democrats' proposal to forgive student loan debt. Your children's children will be stuck with paying off that Democrat Party buying votes program. Remember, not one Republican voted for Biden's outrageously expensive COVID American Rescue Plan Act of 2021. And no, conservatives aren't cruel fiscal scrooges. Remember, only nine cents of the COVID stimulus relief dollar went to these payouts. The rest went someplace else. Now, you might ask, someplace else? Yeah, but who cares? I got my $1,400 check. So do I really care about where the other $1.7 trillion went? Just in case you're curious, a large part of the 91 cents of that dollar went to states like New York, Illinois, and California, who kept their states locked down during the pandemic. These states were deeply in debt before the pandemic, and now they've been rewarded for years of, I mean, literally years of fiscal malfeasance. And that certainly bought a lot of goodwill. But you say goodwill? I mean, so what? Well, here, here's the kicker. States like New York turned around and shared their new federally funded largesse with undocumented alien laborers. What? Undocumented? What is that? These people can claim they were negatively impacted during the COVID pandemic while they were living in New York and America illegally. New York's new budget flush with federal stimulus cash is handing out payments of between, get this, $3,200 and $15,600 to eligible recipients in a sweeping move which could benefit over 290,000 people in New York. Yep, the New York payout is m much higher than the $500 one-time cash benefit that was set aside in a similar program in, in California. Now, undocumented workers are eligible if they can prove that they've been a New York State resident during this time, and they've been uneligible for unemployment benefits uh, due to the fact that uh, their immigration status says they're not supposed to be here, and they have to prove they lost income uh, due to the pandemic. Now, the Fiscal Policy Institute, a New York-based policy group, they estimate that over 290,000 workers are going to benefit from what's being called the Excluded Worker Fund. Uh, this includes 213,000 in New York City, and about 92,000 of these workers in New York are going to be eligible for the full $15,600 payment. Now, you're wondering how many undocumented people are in New York? Approximately 725,000. 725,000. I have a hard time saying that. Uh, uh, undocumented immigrants live in New York State, according to Pew Research Center, which is a pretty credible group. I mean, wow, three-quarters of a million undocumented foreigners living and working in New York, and we're importing thousands upon thousands more each day on the southern border? Well, it makes sense to me. I mean, you have to give that money to somebody. You know, immigrants' rights groups 
had pushed for these relief payments for quite some time now, and a group of undocumented immigrants spent the last three weeks on a hunger strike to push for this kind of support from the state. I mean, I'm not joking when I, when I say undocumented aliens who are here illegally have quite a set of rights compared to your regular plain rapper citizen. California's relief program assisted over 150,000 undocumented immigrants, and we know that more than 2 million undocumented people live in California. Yes, I believe this goodwill it does accrue to voting for Democrats. At least the undocumented immigrants are thinking that way. And that's how it works for future voting undocumented aliens in New York City, in New York, and in California. So you say, come on, frankly, Daniel, these undocumented workers aren't citizens. They, they can't vote. Wrong. The Democrats' bill, House Resolution H.R. 1, the For the People Act, which has already passed in the House and is in the Senate as H.R. 1, up for debate, this bill will prohibit state officials from preventing undocumented aliens from voting. Yes, illegal immigration is another way Democrats are changing the rules of who gets to vote. First you let them in, then you support them, then you change the rules that allow them to vote. First, Biden calls out ollie ollie in free to illegal immigration. And as I said, the Democrats shower illegal aliens with lots of free stuff. That's the big pull in terms of why people are coming here. You don't need to do a root cause analysis as to why people from a poor country are coming here. The question is, how many of them are going to let come here? There's approximately 4.5 billion people in the world that would move here as, as soon as they could get here that are in the same kind of conditions, for the most part, that people in Central America and Mexico are in. Then, you know, once they get them here, the Democrats are going to rig the federal election laws under H.R. 1, where no one can challenge the eligibility of anyone who shows up to vote, or mails in a vote, or has a vote harvester collect their vote for them. This H.R. 1 law states it's illegal to challenge a voter's eligibility to vote. There are penalties if you do try to challenge somebody. Illegal aliens have driver's licenses, and they'll be automatically registered as voters under H.R. 1. I mean, currently 13 states give driver's licenses to undocumented migrants. There's a score of other ways illegal migrants will be automatically legally registered to vote. Look at the law. We know that hundreds and thousands of undocumented aliens voted in 2020. Don't let anybody tell you anything different. An estimated 234,570 extra votes were cast by non-citizens in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada, North Carolina, and Pennsylvania. Enough to deliver a win for President-elect Joe Biden, according to a report from just facts daily. All this COVID-19 stimulus money going to cities and states also helped Democrats cement their relationships with teachers unions. How, you say? In Los Angeles, the teachers union just agreed to return to the classroom after accepting a $500 a month child care allowance. COVID money made possible made this happen. 
Teachers and Democrats win big. Democrats are using our tax money to buy in or reinforce, if you will, voting relationships. And so you say, well, the Democrats, they're not the only ones that do it. The Republicans do the same thing, don't they? Uh, yeah. But heretofore, neither party approached vote buying in such an aggressive, orchestrated, ruthless zeal as Democrats are now doing. So you say, give me another example. I say, not a problem. Let's talk about student loan forgiveness. I know that these numbers cause all of us to glaze over. But the numbers are important. They really are important that you understand the scheme and the master plan that's being played out. The Democrats aren't pulling these schemes so they can major in the minors. With this, it's all big-time major league vote harvesting. Now, I'm going to share with you some some startling facts about the Democrats, mostly real leftists like Senator Liz Warren and Bernie Sanders. Their efforts to ram student loan forgiveness either through Congress or to have Joe Biden issue an executive order. Yes, the White House has been exploring this for some time. They actually believe Joe Biden, with the stroke of a pen, can forgive up to $1.7 trillion. Either way, Democrats still are going to seek to nuke student loan debt for 45 million Americans, totaling $1.7 bucks. Now, that's a lot of Americans. That's a lot of money. But for now, let's just hit a few of the highlights. Uh, yes, I did say $1.7 trillion. Remember, there's a thousand million in a billion, a thousand million in a billion. I, it's hard to imagine. There's a thousand billion in a trillion. Now, a trillion has 12 zeros behind the one. That's, it, you, can't, you can't get your hands around it. But if Biden cancels $50,000, up to $50,000 for all borrowers, the $1.7 trillion outstanding student loan debt falls, falls to only $700 billion. Uh, that's, it's unbelievable. At the $50,000 level, the plan would forgive all the debt for 80% of the federal student loan borrowers, or about $36 million. If this happens, who in America is going to turn this down? And don't you think that this is going to weigh heavily on the minds of voters come Election Day? Democrats are always ta talking about equity. Well, what about the people that didn't go to college or the people that paid off their student loans? How are we made whole in this scheme? Well, we're not. There's no compensation for those of us who did the right thing, that forewent other opportunities in life that we could have used the money for and instead put it in education, our children's education. No, there's not going to be any equity here in this situation. But in all other things with Democrats, it's equality and equity. Oh, it's this crazy world. What's up next? Let's talk about the $15 an hour minimum wage. Democrats have been pushing and pushing hard for $15 minimum wage, $15 an hour. All the economists say, you know, this type of government intervention into the labor market, it's going to lead to the loss of maybe up to a million jobs. Now, there's all sorts of claims about, you know, the benefits, the consequences of raising the minimum wage. The important thing is that the public perceives Democrats are leading the charge. If you're in a category to benefit from this type of wage increase, the Democrats are fighting for you, and they want your vote. Now, what's up next? Let's talk about 
the $2.2 trillion infrastructure and economic recovery, I can't even get it out, economic recovery package. That's a mouthful. Let me slow down. The $2.2 trillion infrastructure and economic recovery package, dishonestly referred to, by the way, as the American Jobs Plan. You notice that Joe doesn't do anything that doesn't cost trillions. And, you know, pumping all this money into our economy, just uh, if you're a Costco shopper like I am, just watch. Even the stuff I buy now, prices are going up. Now, I say it's dishonestly referred to as the American Jobs Plan because baby boy Mayor Pete, our current transportation secretary, was let out of of his playpen recently long enough at least to make a mess of the American Jobs Plan messaging. He was telling anyone who'd listen that Biden's plan would create 19 million new jobs. Well, actually, the best case estimate, 2.7 million. And if these estimates are anything like those of the Obama-Biden administration, remember this. If you, if you like your job, you, you can keep your job. If you, you like your boss, you can keep your boss. And if you like your employer, well, you get the idea. And with all of these trillion-dollar jobs that good old Joe's talking about are trillion-dollar plans, only 6% of the $2.25 trillion go to roads, bridges, and railways. But there's all sorts of vote-buying programs in the remaining 94%. I'm going to give you just one example. Joe's infrastructure bill has $100 billion, $100 billion targeted to promote unionization of America's labor force so that everyone can have a good-paying union job. Why in tarnation is the federal government getting into pushing free market labor into unions? What could be better for Democrats than more unions? House Resolution H.R. 842. It's called Protecting the Right to Organize Act of 2021. Is the Democrats' approach to buying voters in unions. But more importantly, it's about buying unions. Unions organize voters. Unions are the best mechanisms to turn out Democrat votes. Moreover, unions contribute millions upon millions of dollars to Democrat candidates. In 2020, unions kicked in close to $80 million into campaign contributions to Democrats. Unions are also the largest door-to-door turn-out-the-vote organizations. Yes, sir, Democrats in return will provide the legislation and money to decimate every state's right-to-work laws and help unions dominate all labor, regardless of its sector. I have nothing against unions, but I question forcing all free labor into what, in essence, they really are as political action organizations. Just look at what the teachers' unions did this year to keep classrooms shut down across the country. Perhaps I perhaps I sound cynical and contemptuous. Me? Not at all. I rather admire this carefully crafted, highly coordinated, ruthless approach to seizing political power in the name of changing our country. I, I couldn't be more dead set against it. And I am angry. Their schemes will destroy America as we know and love it. Make no doubt about it. There is nothing at all in any of these that's in our best interest, no matter how much they put into our checking accounts from money we've already paid in. Of course, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to oppose it, because I do think it's evil with a very dark future ahead for our children 
and our grandchildren, and I care about my children and my grandchildren. At this point, however, I'm extremely optimistic that more that, that the more people that come to understand what's going on and the consequences of inaction, that it's going, to, it's going to cause a tidal wave of conservatism to return to Congress in 2022, and importantly in 2024. I want to put in just one more thing before I come to a close today. I want to look at some of the Democrat Party's efforts to change the rules of elections to promote their iron grip on political power. No secret. Ever since California turned hopelessly blue, Democrats have been trying to eliminate the Electoral College and go straight to a popular vote system. This one act would ensure Republicans or any other independent candidates will never, and I mean never, ever, win the presidency. Joe Biden won the presidency in 2020 by 7 million votes. California had just over 5 million extra votes votes beyond what it needed to declare Biden a winner in that state. And between Illinois and New York, they had an excess of 2.1 million extra Biden votes. So if we went to a straight democracy where every popular vote instead of the electoral college vote determined the presidency, a Democrat would win every time. Big, heavily populated states, liberal states, would dominate every election. This is exactly why our founders created a representative constitutional republic. More on the Electoral College in a forthcoming show. Well, we're quickly coming to the end of our short time together. Let me remind you that what we talked about today were schemes to buy, steal, and influence votes, abolish the Electoral College, federal elections laws, gun safety laws, infrastructure and American jobs bill, minimum wage laws, new citizenship laws, New Democratic states we didn't even get to, adding D.C. and Puerto Rico as states, open borders and immigration, slavery reparations, which we didn't get to, also one of those schemes, student loan forgiveness, Supreme Court packing, COVID pandemic stimulus funds, and unions and unionizations. All my best to you. Thanks for joining me. Cheers and blessings to all. <laughs>